0: How many of you, how many of you know your parents' name and can spell it well? I would say all of you. How about your grandparents' name and spell them correctly? Okay. Great grandparents. A few. Great great grandparents. Oh, Pawnee. <laughs> And Tegan had her hand raised. (laughs) Do you know your great-great-grandparents and who they are? Yeah? Great. How about one generation more? So that is what? great 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 -great grandparents (laughs) Do you know who they are? Uh, Thank you for participating um, in in my survey. But I don't know. I know my grandparents but great-grandparents, not really. Especially great-great-grandparents, I don't even know who they are. So um, your ancestors, your grandparents, it's, it's a little difficult to figure out who they are and difficult to remember. Uh, I know some of us are interested in finding out what uh, Ancestry.com has to offer, and you find out where you're from and who your parents are, and all of that it's it's a little interesting to find out and i i was wondering should i try that (laughs) um but yeah i i didn't really get there yet but i know some of us are more interested in that area as well do you have anyone like do you have any relatives that are famous that everybody knows in your family like do you have anyone that you are like someone's really famous that, that everybody knows, somebody on TV, or a celebrity, or someone in the history book, like maybe seven, 10 generation up. Yeah, we have some, some couple people that, that have some famous people in their family line. I, in my Bay family, I don't know if there's anybody famous. <laughs> I, I asked my parents, uh, my uncles, They don't seem to know anybody. So I'm not sure if there's anybody famous. But we are trying to find out find out about the birth of Jesus, hence the time of Christmas. Want to study a little bit about the genealogy of Jesus. Specifically about the woman in that genealogy. So the Bible has two different stories of Jesus' genealogy. Where can we find them? Matthew chapter 1. That's one account. The other is Luke chapter 3. So if you read those two chapters, you have a very good idea of what Jesus' genealogies are like. Um, but Luke's book, Luke wrote in his book, for everyone, not only for Jewish people, but for Gentiles as well, for everyone. So uh, he wanted to prove that Jesus is a human being. At the same time, he's God. So he wrote, he approached his book in that way. He, that, he had that in mind. He is a man. So he goes, his account goes back all the way to Adam, saying that he's from God the Father, Adam, and all the way down to Jesus. Jesus. But Matthew's account is a little different because Matthew had—who was his audience? Mainly Jewish people. So when he was writing his book, Book of Matthew, he focused on the Jewish people, so he didn't have to explain that Jesus is from Adam. On the other hand, I mean, like, um, conversely, he wrote the book to prove that he is what? From who? Abraham and also the, from the line of David. So he could be the Messiah, the king. Because the Bible says, in the Bible, it says who will be the Messiah? That the line has to come from who? According to Psalm 132, verse 11, and 1 Kings 9, 5, the Messiah will come from the line of David. Davidic line. So that's why Matthew is proving Jesus... The one who was born so poor, the one who was born in a town of a, like a ghetto town, who had nothing, born in a manger, but he actually comes from the line of David and he is the Messiah. That's what he's proving. So he's son of David and son of David and son of Abraham, but now. The name Jesus Christ, what does that mean? This is a basic study, but name Jesus means the Savior. Jesus in, in, in Hebrew or in Greek, it's Yeshua, the same name as Joshua. Yeshua, Hosea, they're all the same name, same meaning. Means Jehovah is my salvation, or Jehovah saves, that's what it means. So my name, Joshua, means the same thing or Hosea means the, same, means the same thing. How about Christ, which is Greek? Christ means the anointed one. In, in, that's what it means, the anointed one. So in Greek and Hebrew, Messiah, translated word from Hebrew to Greek, means the anointed one. So Jesus Christ, that's how it begins, that those two books talk about the birth of Messiah in two different ways. Now, but those two accounts the genealogy of Matthew and genealogy of Luke, do they match? No, they don't. If you read the names, you scratch your head like, they're different. (laughs) How come they're different? Well, some say one is tracing after after his dad, Joseph, the other tracing after Mary, the other. That's possible. Um, But I'll tell you this. The most the frequent word that appears in both both accounts, uh, the account for Matthew and account for Luke, which word is it? If you just go, basically it says, so-and-so beget so-and-so, so-and-so beget so-and-so. But the word that appears most frequently in the book of Luke and book of Matthew, they're both about giving birth, which in Greek, so in Matthew... Genau is the word that appears every single verse. Genau, Genau, Genau in the giving birth. And in the book of Luke is again. Again, beget, beget, beget. Now, that word comes from the same root, like genau, uh, which means where we get the English word beget. That word, it not only means biological lineage, but it also means a legal lineage, a legal one. It's more so, it focuses more on the legal part, not biological relationship between a father and a son. What does that mean? That means you can have a son, meaning I have my son named JJ, but could it possibly be my dad's name he has a son named JJ. In English, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's your grandson, not your son. But in, in the Bible terms, yes, that's possible. Let me prove that to you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It says, A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. What does it say? Jesus is the son of who? Abraham at the same time, the son of? Is it possible biologically? It's not. As a matter of fact, Jesus is not the son of Abraham or David biologically. That's talking about the legal lineage because the word begat or agenesen in Greek, that makes sense. You get the idea? So in other words, if you read the genealogy of Jesus in those two books, it's completely okay to skip a name or two in a generation. You can go from one one figure to the next person or skip a few generations and name the great-great-grandson, say so-and-so, beget so-and-so. That's completely fine. That is why they don't match completely. In English mindset, it doesn't make sense. But in the Greek mindset or Hebrew mindset, that's completely fine. So it's skipping a few names. That's why. Okay? Now, can you name some women in the genealogy of Jesus? First of all, let's think about this. Does the Bible, or in in, in English, if you want to count how many people we have in the church— How do you count? Do the head count? One, two, three, four. (laughs) That's how you count. Now, for children, do you count them or do you skip them? You count. You go to a restaurant. Okay, how many people? Six people. Okay, two adults, four children. Or four adults, two children. One high chair. That's what you do, right? But in the Bible times, how did they count? So they count, okay, we have children sitting here, okay, we skip the whole row. <laughs> we go to the next person, okay, we have an adult male, oh, so there is one person, at least one person. You skip, oh, lady, skip, 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 children, skip, 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 okay, now, oh, oh we found another man, okay, two. So we have, in this side of the church, we have probably five people sitting. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, when Jesus said, when the Bible said Jesus fed 5,000 people, what does that really mean? 5,000 men. Because when they counted, they didn't count women or children. So, does it make sense in the genealogy of Jesus? It doesn't mention a woman's name. It's their culture. It's their culture. But in our culture, we count every single person. Sometimes we try to count the baby inside the mother's tummy (laughs) she has to eat two meals (laughs) or for two people because you're feeding the baby as well but in the bible times it was different in a korean culture i kind of understand that part a little bit because when we get together for like new year's or something when we get together with the whole family we have a table for men So if you're a woman, you don't normally go sit there. It's not like nobody tells you not to go sit there, but it's just automatically you just go sit with other ladies or other moms, other children, all the men sit there. If you are a little boy, maybe like about 10 years old, you can choose whether to go sit with your mom on that table or go sit with your dad and uncle and grandpa on the other table. Guess what? The catch is your men's table have more food. (laughs) women's table what do you have you have like maybe a whole salad bowl instead of a nice plate where everything is well decorated and all the good food is there you have all the leftover after all the servings it's just you just put whatever there and ladies and children they just eat eat there (laughs) i hear like oh (laughs) over here but that's how it was like in the korean culture when i was growing up it's a little different now but that's how it was in the back in the days so i kind of understand how why why they do that in the bible that's what they did but if you read the bible there are some names of the ladies in the genealogy and and trust me in the book of genealogy and korean culture you don't write the ladies name and it's been only a recent years that they started to put in the names of daughters on the family tree as well. But in the old days, only men were there on the family tree. So I understand why the Bible does that, but who are the ladies in the genealogy of Jesus? Can you name some? Yes. Ruth? Mary? Rahab? Bathsheba? One other person? Not Sarah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, but the, her name is not listed there. It's what? Re- Re- no, it's actually Tamar. Tamar. So so these are the people that we have, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. So <clears throat> now let's talk about Tamar. Now, what kind of person was Tamar do you know who tamar is tamar oh well the one in the genealogy of jesus so she she is the one that judah uh, uh, uh. so tamar it's found in genesis 38 judah has chosen her to be her uh, his daughter-in-law for his son er name er the name is not really familiar but what happened is that, so Judah picked this woman Tamar as her daughter-in-law for his son, for his son, Er. But Er was such a wicked man, he died. God, I think, just killed him. He died. But because he, they didn't have any children. So the, their their tradition is that if the brother dies, the second brother, at Mage, is supposed to go and produce a child so that she would live. She would have. The child after the deceased brother's name so the next brother which is onan goes but then he didn't want to take the responsibility of taking care of her and his his own family so he refused to do so and that was evil in god's sight and he died so there is no brother and there there was a really younger one like really young one but then um, the judah was like well he's too young to marry yet So she was waiting, 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 but then there was no, nothing. And when Judah's wife died, she disguises herself as a prostitute. And because of the relationship, she became pregnant. And Judah was very angry, wanted to kill her because, you know, like you are immoral and you committed sin. But it's because of actually him. And the son that she bore is Perez that's but that's the line where jesus came from so someone who is committing incest purposely committing incest would you like to have someone like that in your family tree oh i'm so proud of tamar would you like to do that (laughs) but bible is so brutally honest and not leaving someone's name but you know interesting there are she's not the only one in the family tree of Jesus. There are so many people that gave birth in the direct line of Jesus. But of all the people, Tamar's name is written there. Why? I mean, if you want to put someone's name in your family tree, would you wouldn't you want to put someone who is famous, who is kind, someone who has done something great, someone who is well educated, someone who is rich, someone who has had successful business or someone who is great wouldn't you want to put someone's name like that or would you would you want to put someone like a prostitute in your family tree but they picked only five names not including mary but there would be four people all those four people four ladies were not someone that you are really proud of tamar is definitely one incest but why we 'll talk about the reason later. The next lady is Raham. What about raham first of all was was she a Jew? No, she was not a Jewish person. She was a lying Canaanite prostitute from a pagan nation, and she became the great great grandmother of King David um, so Rahab wasn't really great either let's just go through the names first how about Ruth was she also a Jew no she wasn't she was in fact a Moabite woman but do you know what the Bible says about the Moabites Bible specifically says something about the Moabites and the relationship between the Israelites and the Moabites Deuteronomy 23 verse 3 it says no Moabites or any of our any of their descendants are allowed to enter the assembly of the lord ever that's the command from the bible no Moabites should enter into the assembly of the lord but then ruth how come she joined the israelites and not only that she became the great great i think she became the great grandmother great grandmother of david how is it possible? Well, God accepts people, and for someone who is willing to accept the Lord like that and follow the Lord, God makes exceptions, yeah? So that's what, that's the story that we know of of Ruth. How about Bathsheba? Was she a Jew? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. She was Jewish. Her husband was not, though. Her husband was not, but then Uriah was a, a general for God, for David, King David, but someone like Bathsheba, um, who committed adultery with King David. How about Mary? Was she a good lady? Oh yeah, she was a very good lady. That's why she was picked to be the mother of Jesus, someone who would influence Jesus I mean, probably the most, the greatest influence in Jesus' life would probably be Mary. That's why she was picked. But what about her reputation? Did she have a good reputation? No. All the people in her town were like, "Look at her. She got pregnant even she even before she got married." So people knew that she got pregnant before she got married. She got engaged, but she got pregnant. So people who trusted that it was from the Holy Spirit believed her. But other people, there are plenty of other people thought, you know what, she's not that of a good lady. So she had a bad reputation. But all those people um, were on the name list of Jesus' family tree. So, but let's think about Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba. What can we learn from these ladies and why did Matthew pick choose these names to be added in the family tree of Jesus those names are not the kind of people that we want in our family tree not people that you're proud of in your family tree but let's think about Tamar you and I maybe like Tamar having no husband having no husband means what in that time meaning no protection you have no protection and no children. What does no children mean in the Hebrew context? No blessing from God. God has cursed you. What, that's what that means in their context. Not today, but that's what that means in their tradition. And you had to disguise yourself into something else in order to survive. Do we have to disguise ourselves to survive? Maybe we can, we can sympathize with Tamar. But in the end, you became the wife of Judah... Where the line of the tribe of Judah, the king of the, king, the Messiah, came out of. Maybe God had picked Tamar to be on that list to give us the encouragement. Maybe there is someone like Tamar in our congregation. Maybe you feel like, maybe I'm like Tamar. I have to protect myself, I have to disguise myself to survive. But in the end, God turns the curse into blessing, and God blesses that line some something so terrible like incest god condemns incest but through that through that um, result god blesses her and god could have picked somebody else another son another daughter to have jesus come through but god picks that individual because of what god has done uh, through tamar and maybe thinking about raham Maybe you and I are like Rahab, having no hope in this country, or and you're living a life of fear. Like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And your job is not the greatest. Your reputation is not, not good either. You're living in a, at the ghetto part of the city of Jericho, but you meet the spies from another country one day, and the best you can do is to betray your own country and lie to, to save them. But God still accepted you. Seeing your faith made you the great, great grandmother of King David. You now, there is, a, there is a, a, a legend or there is a story or a tradition saying that she, mar- she married one of the spies. You know, two spies that came and she hit them. She married one of them. <laughs> and she became the line uh line or the family tree of jesus and it's, it's the other spy one of the spies what a roman story right there <laughs> but i don't know if that's true or not that bible doesn't say that but the jewish tradition says so so it could be true we can find out when you go to heaven how about ruth what about ruth maybe you and i are like ruth we lost our husband by death and you have to follow your mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is someone that you don't want to... F- I mean, that's the... Usually, usually that's the most difficult relationship in our, in our human relationship. Mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law. But you follow the mother-in-law following the faith, the religion that your mother-in-law offered. You follow, and you live in a foreign land. Living in a country as a foreigner, is that, is that something fun? How many of you were born outside of the U.S.? Quite a few people. Quite a few people, yeah. How is it to live here in this country as a foreigner? I mean, if you are a U.S. citizen, that's another story. But if you're not a U.S. citizen, and if you're living as a foreigner, that's, um, you have a lot of differences in some ways and sometimes it's not the easiest especially when you enter into the country at the airport two different lines right <laughs> the citizens <laughs> and the foreigners <laughs> you have to stand in this long line and wait you know long and they go through your passport what's your purpose of visit where is on the other land on the other line, the other line they're like okay welcome back home son they just stamp you and like just just go through it really quick red line okay why did you come did you bring anything how long did you stay and what so that's a long interview it's not just a question question interview long so it feels like you are discriminated in a way but in this case she had to live in a foreign land like israel or a jewish country is not the country that you want to live as a foreigner at that time because they considered you as what it's a dog you are a dog you're not a person. You're, you're not even a person, not even close. That's how they considered you. But she chose to live in a foreign land because she wanted to follow the faith of her mother-in-law. But she had to bear shocking poverty, gleaning food. What does gleaning food mean today, in today's term? You're begging for food. You're like a beggar. But she went through that. Having no male in family will prevent you to have access to any of your your own on your property. You may have a house, you may have land, but you can't have it because you don't have any male figure in the house. But she meets her kinsman redeemer, Hagol, in Hebrew term, who will become the great grandmother of King David. That's another love story, another sermon. I think I've done that sermon before, but that's a fascinating story to study how about Bathsheba? she um, knew it was wrong to have an affair with the king but that was either accepting that or death either affair or death what did you choose (laughs) you don't have to answer me (laughs) that's a difficult question but she chose an affair but if you study the book of or if you study the story of Bathsheba it doesn't sound like she had no choice it doesn't sound like she had no choice and she's all innocent if i'm reading your imagination and your your purity about the story of, of Bathsheba go, go ahead and do this, some story why was she taking a bath in the middle of the day <laughs> on top of the roof where somebody else can see you um, because it's not like you turn the tap water; you could take a shower there. You have to bring water from the creek to your house to take a bath. Why would you do that in the middle of? Yeah. So maybe she was. She had some some other agenda in her mind. I don't know. But she chose to have an affair with the king so that her status could be elevated from where she was, from the lower part of the palace, to the in in, in the middle of the palace but she chose that knowing that her husband now is in the battlefield fighting risking his life but but what kind of life do you think she had lived after having an affair and planning this affair with the king possibly planning this murder of her husband do you think she had a really really like good life like conscience free like i'm clean i'm pure you know like i i i've done everything you know i'm innocent i don't know if she had a really really good life maybe she had bad feeling in her heart but through that worst like terrible relationship god blesses their relationship and who what is her son who is her son solomon not only The line of jesus where jesus comes from that line solomon becomes the favorite of god because god gives him another name what is the name jedidiah which means the beloved of god the beloved of god so if you study the genealogy of jesus it's quite interesting why would you put someone, someone's, someone's name like that in the book of the tree of jesus if you had to put everyone's name you have no choice yeah well i understand but if you had to pick and choose five women to put in there those five women had bad reputation just bad person a foreigner someone who's considered as a dog or someone who was a prostitute someone who commits incest, just terrible names, but God specifically designed the book in that way, so what? You and I can have hope. If you read the Bible and say, you know what? If Rahab, if Bathsheba, if Tamar, someone like that can be in the book of Jesus, has a part in the story of Jesus, maybe someone like me can be part of the story of Jesus. Do you believe that God can accept you and I, you and me, to be part of Jesus' family? Do you want to be in a part of Jesus' family? And I hope and pray that you and I can have hope and know that God will accept you and me no matter what. Whatever we have done in the past, God can still accept us. And God can use us. And God can do mighty things through you and me as long as we accept jesus as long as we choose to follow and be part of god's family and i pray that you and i will choose to be part of god's family and in this season of christmas where we celebrate the birth of jesus we know that this is not the time that jesus was born we don't really celebrate christmas per se but we can appreciate how god has sent his son to die for us and he has given us salvation let us Appreciate what God has done. Let us be thankful for what he has done. But more so, let us remember these ladies in the family tree of Jesus, and let us find hope. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving Jesus to us. But more so, giving these ladies who may, some, some, of, some people may think that, that are not worthy to be on the family tree of Jesus. But Lord, you have put those names in there to give us hope. Someone who is losing hope, someone who has no hope, someone who is going through a lot today may read about it and find hope. So, Lord, please help us to choose you. Help us to be part of your family because we want to do so. Bless us, Lord. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up to sing the closing song.